the tongue of the learned, so I, that, so I should know what to speak in season to him who is weary. I thank you, Lord, because Holy Spirit, you're here this morning and you will speak to us and encourage us in your word. I'll, we are blessed because of you. In Jesus' name, amen. While you're standing, turn your Bible to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. I need you to be coming to church with your Bible. It's very important. We're talking about successful family life. And this is not just about family life. It's about life in general. Successful family life. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. The Lord formed man. The Greek word for that is, is Asa. The Lord formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Amen? Please be seated. God formed man from the dust of the earth. That was not the creation of man. The creation of man came from the breath of God. He breathed into his nostrils, and that man became a living soul. God is a spirit. The word breath of life actually is plural, breath of lives. That was what God breathed into um, Adam's body, and Adam became a living soul. If you read in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 through 23, it says, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in his place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from Adam, he made into a woman. That's what is asked her and actually God built the woman and he brought her to to the man and Adam said this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man God breathed into Adam the breath, breath of lives Adam and Eve Their bodies were not created on the same day. Adam's body was created on the sixth day. Eve's body was created much later. However, they were of the same age because they came from the same spirit, the breath of lives. Eve was in Adam when God created Adam spiritually. Adam was complete When God created him, mankind. But God said it was not good that the man should be alone. And so he took Eve out of Adam. And look at what Adam said. If you read in the scriptures, in verse 23, And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. Now he was referring to the bone that God took. Adam somehow knew that God had taken some, the bone out of him, but he knew more than that. He said she shall be called woman. He wasn't talking about his flesh. He already referred to his flesh and bones. Now, the second uh, statement, he wasn't referring to his flesh and his bone. He was talking about his, her spirit. Her spirit was taken out of man. And so Adam was complete. God took him away, took him away from him, the spirit being, and then brought the woman back to him, that's the only way he could be complete. Can I hear an amen? That's the only way he could be complete. So God brought him together. Now we need to understand this. Adam knew Eve intimately, spiritually, and in the soulish realm before he knew her in the flesh. 
Many times, people go by how they feel when they're looking for a mate. They want to be intimate with the body. But if you really want a solid relationship before God, the intimacy has to start in the spirit. That's why the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Because there is no way you can be intimate with this person spiritually. The intimacy must begin in the soulish realm, in the spirit. If that marriage is going to be truly successful, that's a marriage that glorifies God. It has to be in the spirit. So Adam knew Eve first, spiritually. He knew her in the soulish realm because they were part of her, of him. And God moved, them, moved her out, and then later he knew her in the flesh. So that is very significant. Now, let me show you how important it is. I, told, I said this son, last Sunday. Marriage, the idea of family, actually is God's idea. Family began from God. It started with him. God is a family man. And so God put the family together. And then you want to wonder, why did God create man in, the same, in this way? It seems kind of different. He created the animals separate, right? Male and female. But with the man, he did it some, somewhat different. What was God trying to show us? Now, you need to understand this. Everything in the scriptures, everything God does is about Christ. Marriage, the church represents... Marriage with uh, the church and Christ and our family marriage, they are a type. Our family, that's a marriage between a husband and a wife, is a type of the church and Jesus Christ. When Jesus came into the world, he came complete. He was carrying the spirit of the church within himself. He carried the spirit of the church within himself. If you read in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4, it says, Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. We have been chosen in him. We were already chosen in him before the foundation of the world. When Jesus came into the world, he had not the flesh of the church, but the spirit of the church was inside of him. And that's why he is the Christ, and we are called what? Christians. We came out of him. We came out of him. Just like Adam, for him to have his bride, had to go through a deep sleep. Jesus himself had to go through a Deep sleep. And who was doing it? The father. The father was involved in it. Remember Jesus was saying, if there is another way, do it. God, absolutely not. This is the only way. You have to be put through a deep sleep. And they opened his side. Amen? They opened his side. And on the third day, Jesus rose. And on the day of Pentecost... With 120 people, God began, began to build the bride of Christ. One day, he's going to present the bride to the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen? Why, why is this so important? God is telling you marriage is sacred. It's not something to be played with. It's very sacred in the mind of God. Your, your, your marriage, your, you and your wife represent Christ and the church. And he wants both perfect. That's the way he wants it. Let me share the scriptures just to, let, to, to put a little bit of light to this. And, and as I go, I want to be sharing with you the relationship between a man and his wife. But mainly the Christ and his church. And that's what Paul was doing. Christ and his church. Amen. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse, uh, verse 25 through 32, he says, Husbands, how many husbands do we have here? 
Amen. God's talking to you this morning. He says, husband, love your wives. How? Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water of water by the word. That he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy, that set apart and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Can I say that again? He who loves his wife loves himself. Amen. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. Just as the Lord does the church. Amen. Guess what God, what you like if you're a Christian. He's nourishing you, amen, and cherishing you every single day. Even the days you don't really feel good about yourself. He's nourishing you, and he's just loving on you constantly, amen? That makes me feel good. I don't know about you, but it makes me really feel good and happy, amen? Then it says in verse 30, for we are members of his body. We are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. It goes back to Adam, right? Because the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45, that Jesus was the last Adam. He was the last Adam. So we belong to him. He says, for this reason, in verse 31, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. But see, the next verse is kind of different. He says, this is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. I'm not talking about just husband and wife. It's Christ and the church. You can see how they're tied together. Amen? Your relationship with your wife, your relationship with your husband, should be or reflect the relationship of Christ and his church. That's the way it should be. That's the way God wants it. Check these scriptures out. It says, husband, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Love has nothing to do with feelings. It didn't say, husbands, Feel love for your wife. Is that what it says? Feel good about your wife. Is that what it says? No. It's love. How do you express the love? Love gives. Amen. Love gives. That's the only way to really show love. Give. Not how you feel. That's why people say, well, I don't know if I love her anymore. They're talking about their feelings. They have no understanding. This is agape love because he's saying the love of Christ is unconditional. It's not based, of what, based on what she's doing or what she's not doing. It's just based on agape love. And your job as a lover is to keep giving. And your giving is what transforms her. Amen. That's how you transform her. It's your giving. Notice what he says. Christ also loved the church. He gave himself for her. That he might sanctify and cleanse her. With the watching of the water by the word. So what's God saying? What you say to your wife matters. The language you use to your wife is very important. Because you are either making her dirty or you're washing her. You decide what you want. The language you use is going to determine how 
your relationship with your wife turns out. How she feels about herself. Because this is cleansing. The word to cleanse her and to set, up, set her apart, your words. What you're saying to her. If she's come from a home where she's broken, and you know she has low self-esteem, whatever you, your darkness is, it's your duty to build her up with your words. And as you continue to speak that, she's going to be cleansed. She's going to feel very complete. And guess what you have in the house? A happy wife. And you will be a happy man. Because if mama ain't happy, no one in the house is happy, including the kids. Can I hear an amen? Yes, man, we're doing it. So your words really matter what you speak. This is so important because we were created in the image of God. You speak to her, you pray for her, what you want her to become. Not her past. Not her past. What you really want of her. God made you the husband to build her up. That's why God didn't say, therefore the woman will leave father and mother and be joined. She, you leave father and mother and be joined because now you take the place of the father and the mother to train and to build her up. To become what God created her to be. You are the one. It's your responsibility. Oh man, would you say with me, it's my responsibility. And then I'm asking you, what have you been saying? Your words are very important. You just can't get anything right. All of those, those biting words, what you're doing is just knocking her down and you keep complaining because you're not getting what you're supposed to, what you think you're supposed to get. But the real problem is you, your tongue, your mouth. Because you can change anything with your words. Jesus said, if you will speak to this mountain, right? Be thou removed, it's still there, right? The mountain is there, but you don't, you have no doubt in your heart. You shall have what you speak. And Jesus can't lie. So if you don't like, keep speaking the positive, what you really want. Amen? And wash her. Because one day, the way you leave her, that's the way you're going to present her to yourself. You got no choice. Amen? That's what it says. That he might sanctify, set her apart, and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present her to himself. So whether you like it or not, you got to present her to yourself. Grumpy, you're in real trouble. But when she's happy, things go well. He says, so, verse 28, so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. Now, when you love your wife, you love yourself. It would be really strange if I see you doing this to yourself, working yourself. And if everybody, every time we see you, you're cursing yourself out, I wonder if something's wrong with you. It's always doing this. But what the Bible is saying is if you're doing that to your wife, guess what you're doing? You really don't truly like yourself, do you? You don't like what you see in the mirror. If you're very critical and cutting and always so overbearing in the home, there's something broken in you that needs to be fixed. When you look at the mirror, you don't like what you see. And so you take it on yourself. You can never find a man who truly is at peace with himself, striking his wife. When he's happy, everything is complete, and you're going to strike at her. 
because God brought you together to be one. Can you imagine Christ striking at the church, talking down at us constantly, putting us down, telling us we're no good, you just made that mistake, you're going to make it again, I know you're just going to make it again. That's not a relationship. The relationship is based on love, giving. I read somewhere uh, just uh, two, a husband and wife, just really, they were ready to go apart. And the minister, somebody sharing with them, but all of them were ministers. He said, why don't you, instead of focusing on all the issues, try to outdo each other in giving. Instead of demanding, trying to change the other person. Trying to change the other person is really selfish. You're doing it because if they change, you feel good. So you constantly lash out. And say, let's forget about those. Now, let's try to outdo. Is that not what love is all about? Giving? Let's try to outdo the other in loving. Who is going to love more? And let's see where this marriage goes. They are still together today. Amen? Going really strong. It wasn't that pretty at first. But they decided we're going to do this. Because love gives. For God so loved the world that what? He gave. If you truly love, you want to give. It's not about taking. It's about compassion and building the other person up. Jesus gave to build us up. Amen? And that's the place of the husband, to build up. I'm going to talk about the institution of marriage. This is the first institution that God placed on the earth. You know why? The earth would not survive without it. The survival of this earth is dependent on the family. And that's why Satan hates the family so much. I've read it sometimes, two people living together for years, and they, they live together for years. And then they decide, well, let's just tie the knot. Guess what happens after two years? They go their separate ways because Satan doesn't like it the way God intended it to be. This institution is what God put together and is vital for the survival of the earth. And anything that challenges marriage, God doesn't like. He comes against it. He hates it. So what's the, what's the enemy doing? He's lying to people today. There are people who are even afraid of getting married now. They just want to live together. You guess what are they afraid of? Because of all the lies that the enemy has put out there concerning marriage. They don't want to get married because they think it's easier to do it that way. But I'm telling you, you will be successful the most in life if you are married. Two is better than one. It's better to be married than not to be married unless God has specifically said you should be alone. Then he gives you the grace and he will become the next person in your, part, your life and that th- your life will be good. But to be truly successful in life, God said it is not good for the man to be alone. He cannot make it alone. You need a wife. And so God put marriage together. You need to understand how important this is. Marriage was before the fall. God allowed marriage before the fall. Every culture in the world, you don't have to teach them. They know when you get to a certain stage, you got to get married. You have all kinds of variations where, you know, there's polygamy and all of that, but they know to get married because marriage came from God himself. It's so important.
Marriage is something that God placed for man's enjoyment, for your peace, and for your pleasure on the earth. And that's important to him. In Genesis 2, 24 and 25, it says, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Once you leave father and mother, don't go back to father and mother. Stay with your wife. Do everything with your wife. Don't keep asking them questions. And ladies, don't talk to your mother about your husband and what he's doing unless it's getting really nasty and somebody has to know. If it's abusive, you can tell them. Because if you tell your parents, your parents will take side with you and come against your spouse. Now you've started something that you cannot handle. Go probably talk to somebody else. Notice what it says. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. In other words, between a husband and the, uh, and the wife, there should be total openness. Total openness. You got to be totally open. And notice what, what it was, what of God says. It says, they both, both were naked, the man and his wife. Not another fellow. The man and his wife. Not another woman. Amen. The man and his wife. And they were not ashamed. If you show your nakedness to somebody that is not your partner, you will suffer shame. Amen? Oh, yes. You will suffer shame. It will come back and bite you. The Bible says, can a man take fire and place it in his bosom? Okay? And not be burnt? You certainly will be burnt. Notice, animals don't have morality. They don't have to go with, you know, just this one. And no one is angry. <laughs> because they are no spirit beings. They both became one. Adam and Eve knew where they came from. Right? They were one. And they knew that they were soul and spirit, now body, one. And so, if you bring somebody else, you have total confusion. If your eyes are out there somewhere, you've started with the confusion. And your family and children will pay the price. If you have your eyes somewhere else, you are bringing somebody into it. And as, according to the words of Jesus, you don't have to be with her naked. If in, you're already in your mind wanting this person, you're already naked, you started this stuff, he's going to kill you. He's going to bring confusion into your home. There should be no secret. If there is secret, eventually Jesus said every secret is going to be re revealed. When you keep it, when it's revealed, it will bring you shame. So important. Marriage came before the fall. So even unbelievers do have good marriages. Have you noticed that? Some unbelievers have better marriages than even believers. The believers are constantly fighting. And then you have this guy who is an unbeliever. He talks bad about things of, of God and he has a good marriage. Have you heard that? Have you seen that? It's kind of surprising and you're wondering what's going on. How come Christians can't have good marriage? And we have in the, in the United States 50% divorce in the church, 50% divorce in the world. What's going on? Why can't God help them? The reason for that is marriage is not just for Christians. It's for everybody. And there are principles involved. And if you go against those principles, you hurt your family, whether you're a Christian or not. It was before the fall. It was before the law. It was before grace. It was there. 
And so we have to discover the principles to go by in marriage so we don't make our marriages a shipwreck. Because unbelievers, God has given them the right also to have good marriages and God will protect that right and they will enjoy that good marriage even though they may not be in heaven with you when you get there. But at least they got their heaven here with their wife. Amen. So important. In Ecclesiastes 9 verse 9, it says, Live joyfully with the wife whom you love. Amen. He already told us, husband, lo- husbands, love your wives. In other words, give, do whatever I can to build her up. Live joyfully, not painfully <laughs> or sadly. I mean, joyfully. Amen. Not staying at work when you're supposed to go home or finding somewhere else to go. Live joyfully. And if you're not living joyfully with her, it's really you. Something is there. Don't change somebody else. Change yourself first. Change, love the man that you see in the mirror first. Amen. And when your wife sees that, and we're coming to this, they'll begin to respond to that. Amen. When the man in the mirror is, is acceptable to you, your wife will respond. And all those things that you've been saying, they'll disappear. Because you will begin to build them up. Amen. He says, live joyfully with the, one, with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life. You know what the word vain means? Vanity, life without God. That's what he's saying. For the unbeliever to enjoy their wives. All the days of your vain life which he has given you under the sun. All your days of vanity. That's just doing your stuff. For that is your portion in life. Amen. Everybody has that. Unbelievers have that. Christians have that. That's what God is giving to us as mankind. He started with Adam. Marriage is a good thing. He's something for you to enjoy. And if he's turned into something else, seek God. Ask God for help. Something is wrong. And God can help you. God can help you. For that is your portion in life and in the labor which you perform under the sun. You see, unbelievers, some unbelievers have discovered and they know that marriage requires labor. Christians are constantly praying for miracles. God saying, labor. He says, miracle. Lay your hands on me, pastor, and cast uh-uh. God says, labor. You have to work on your marriage. Amen. You got to work at it. If you want to benefit, you got to work. If you want to, you got to work at it. It's something to be worked on. And you learn so that you can do the work properly. Amen. You go to school so you can learn. Find everything just to learn. What do I do? I've got to learn. And pastor is still learning. Amen? <laughs> I'm still learning. <laughs> My wife will tell you that. But that wouldn't be nice. Okay? <laughs> but you got to learn. So, some unbelievers have learned that this thing requires work. Your marriage is only as good as the extent to which you are willing to commit. To work for it. Most people are not ready to, do, to work. Immediately they throw their hands up. Oh, I don't feel good. Who says marriage has something to do with feelings? All the time. The feelings will be there. If you work at it. If you work at it, the feelings will be there. I guarantee you. If you don't work at it, <laughs> the feelings will disappear. So it requires work. So unbelievers can work can work. And benefit from marriages. If today your marriage has run out of wine, 
But you need to go to Jesus. Amen? You need to go to Jesus. You know, God honors marriage. And let me let you know this. God honors your marriage right now. Regardless of how you feel about your marriage, God still honors that marriage. You need to get right with it. If you feel like the fire has gone out of your marriage, you need to go to Jesus for help. Tell him to put the fire in. If you read in John chapter 2, Jesus was honoring this wedding. He performed his very first miracle at that wedding. Public miracle, it was done at that wedding. He's big, the beginning of miracles. Jesus did, he started just like God did at the Garden of Eden. His first miracle was that God was present in that marriage, that wedding, and God did his first miracle there. But notice how the miracle took place. Is your water pot, the water pot of your marriage, has it gone empty? Is it empty and you're going to suffer shame because there is no more wine? You can go to Jesus and he'll put wine. He'll give you the wine that you need. But notice what you, what you do. If you ask for wine, what do you do? He still send his servants. And what they will fetch is not wine, but water. What does, the wa- what does water represent? The word of God. Baptize yourself with the word of God in this area. And begin to search. And as you begin to take in God's word from God's servants, as they draw water, notice 30 gallons. That's a lot. I need to be filled. Amen? Just keep pouring in there. As it becomes filled, God says, draw from it. Amen? Begin to draw from everything that you are receiving. And as you draw water, what happens? The water is turned into wine. God can put wine in your marriage this morning. God can transform your marriage if you will give it to him. There are things in marriages so complex, just like the relationship between us and Christ. How can you fix that? He's got to do it. And so if you're here this morning and you're saying, you know, there are a lot of things that I don't know, but I need to know. God can do that for you. God can put the wine and the passion back into your marriage. He can bring back that understanding that you're looking for. The obedience, the peace, the joy. But you got to work for it. You got to go for the water. Amen? Stand up with me this morning. I want everyone who is married, please come up here this morning. Wifey, please come up. <laughs> we have to understand, I mean, I, I, I tried this morning to let us know that this thing has its root in Christ Jesus himself. When you honor your marriage, and your marriage vow, guess who you honor? Him. Him. How many of you will go to Christ and with the mind that one day, if it doesn't work out, I'm going to leave? How many will do that? How many will do that? I'm going to go to Christ and be part of his life. Hopefully he'll work out, and if he doesn't work out, I'll leave. The closer we get to Christ the better our life becomes. The close, because we, just as it is with us in Christ, the same with our marriage, the closer we are to each other, the better it's going to be. Because it's like a a triangle there. Jesus is at the top. And you're at the bottom. Amen? And if you draw closer, 
and really connect, he connects with you as well. And because he is the head of that home, you will never know lack. I discovered this long ago. I used to really fight with my wife. Nobody says anything about that. <laughs> we disagree a lot. Somebody said, are you disagree at home? I don't know. I said, we're all dead. We're going to heaven. We don't disagree. <laughs> Nobody disagrees in heaven. But we disagree. We disagree much less. Amen? We fight much less. That means we still fight, okay? Don't tell my kid. No kidding. It's very important. We fight. And sometimes it's really heated. Lord help us. <laughs> but we know back to come back together. Amen? Because we're family. And I'm not going anywhere. That's settled. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. I've said it here. If she puts my stuff out, I will stay at the door. Once she cracks the door, grab myself, put it back in. I'm not going anywhere. You have to do that. You see, when you do that, you make a statement to the Father. And no matter how bad the situation is, God begins to reverse it. It's a miracle. How many want a miracle? Even if it's bad, God will reverse it. Whatever the problem is, if it's finances, no matter what it is, God is God. When you honor him, you've honored, when you honor your marriage, you've honored him. He comes and he spreads his wings into your home. He, and then you are dwelling in the secret place of the almighty. And when you do that, you are under the shadow of the Almighty. And nothing can touch your life or your marriage. Amen? So what I want us to do today, commit to one another in your heart that regardless, you disagree, that's okay. We're not all the same. And I'm sure Jesus disagrees with us many times <laughs> what we want to do. He helps us to get in line. But God will always help us to get in line. In our fellowship, we are going to have strong families. Can I hear an amen? It will be strong family. That's the foundation. God's going to do it. But I'm asking God to begin the miracles here today. Whatever difference we have in the marriage, that's going to be broken today. Can I hear an amen? God's going to destroy it. We are going to be closer. You know why? Because I want God to bless your family. When your family is blessed, the church is blessed. And we have greater resources for God's work. Amen? So I love my wife. You don't mind if I do this, huh? <laughs> so put your hand over your wife, your spouse, if she's here. And if she's not here or he's not here, uh, Jesus is putting his hand over you, okay? And he's walking. You have a free hand. Leave that hand up to him. Father God, I thank you. How great thou art. You are the great God of the universe. And there's nothing that you cannot fix. You took the rape from Adam. You brought Eve back to him. She completed him. He was complete. He was the helper to him. A helper comparable to him. Lord, I pray for every family. I come against every demonic force that is come against any family that is standing here before you. I come against every demonic assignment. I come against everything the enemy is planned against any and every family that is gathered here before our God this morning. I come against these forces by the power of the blood of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit, and I command you to live in Jesus' name. I speak peace upon every family. I speak prosperity upon every, every family. I'm believing you, Lord God, for a miracle, and it's starting right now. I refuse to walk in unbelief because I believe you have heard me, and what I'm speaking is coming to pass right now in the lives of every family that's a part of this church that's standing right here before you, before our God this morning. In Jesus' name, I release the peace of God upon every family. I receive the prosperity, abundance of grace from God's throne upon every family right there in the name of Jesus. Every problem solved. Yes, 
If you're hurting, especially for ladies, if you're hurting inside of you because of anything that's happening in the family, please put your hand on your chest. Put your hand on your chest and God's going to heal you this morning. I really believe that. God's going to heal the wound, but release it to him. Tell the Lord, God, I release it. I release it. And man, please, don't be offended because she puts her hand on her chest. Please be sincere with God. It's not you. It was the enemy that did it. Amen? And so you need to know that you're forgiven. But I need these women healed. Father, I thank you. Spirit of the living God. And you release that to God. Say, God, I'm letting it go. I'm not holding it back anymore. I'm letting it go. I'm receiving my healing. I'm going to stay with my husband. I'm going to make things right. I'm going to serve. I'm going to be what God wants me to be. So that my family is blessed. And my children blessed. And every desire of our heart realized. Lord, I pray for them today. As your servant, I pray for them. And I see the miracle taking place. I call it in place right now. As the blessings of God is coming upon this family. In Jesus' name. I mean, it can use greater financial blessing in your family. I can. Put your hands up. Please just let me go as I feel led. Amen? Put your hands out. I believe in a God that can do miracles. Amen? I can do it all. But Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. I need those finances because my family needs it. He needs it. Every one of us, we need that. And God, we are relying on you. Your word has declared to us and we know you cannot lie because your word says, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. If he has spoken, he will make it good. If he has said, he'll do it. God, I release your financial blessings into the families of our church, those with their hands lifted up to you today, that miracles will begin to take place in their homes financially as you heal their homes. More than they expect because the word says God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or even imagine thank you Lord God we receive from your throne this morning all the financial blessings for the Lord is our shepherd and we shall never know what that is written settled in heaven thank you Father in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. I am believing God for a change. We're not just praying just to be speaking. In fact, I don't really like praying in English. I rather pray in tongues. But everything that we do is for me is 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 serious. And I'm expecting great financial miracles in your coming to your life. There's one thing that you need to do. God only asks for one thing. You need to do it. Tell. Amen? When God does it, say it to somebody. Somebody at work, say it. Because once you do that, you release the seed for more. For more. Jesus said, is this not just this one man that's come to give glory to God? You need to tell. Many times Christians are not telling, so they stop the flow of the blessing. You need to tell. See what the Lord has done. That's what we should do. Amen. Let's lift our hands. I'm going to bless you this morning in his name. God, everyone here is blessed in Jesus' name. Everyone is blessed here. If you're here and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you really want him in your heart, I need you to say this prayer with me as I pray. Sometimes we want the number, just like Angela said, that's important, but not now. I want you to say these words from your heart. And Jesus, his spirit will unite with your spirit instantly. And things will begin to change. God will begin to speak to you. So if you need Jesus to connect with your spirit and become one with your spirit today, 
I want you to say this prayer and really mean it from the heart. Secondly, make sure you are in the house of God to hear more of the words of Jesus. That's what's going to transform your life. Amen? So pray with me and mean it from the heart. Say with me, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus into the world for me because you love me. Jesus, come into my heart. I want to be united with you as one according to the word of God. I receive you right now as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Lord, for writing my name in your book of life. Amen. Can we give him a clap offering? Now, you may think you, may think you just said a few words. Believe me, every word that you spoke, even though you were repeating from me, heaven was recording. There was an angel writing your name down and say, I heard those words. For eternity, you, are, you belong to God. Don't let anybody tell you you are still a sinner. You are a sinner, but now you have been saved. And if you die today, you'll be with Christ in heaven. I was just brought to my attention. The Supreme Court is going to decide this week on same-sex marriage. And I think it's very, very important that we here today, especially since we are really dealing with families, we pray, because to God, marriage is a husband and a wife. Amen. And so I think we should pray as a church that the decision they are going to make would be what we honor God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you. How many know if an angel signed by one, one of those justices, <laughs> he, will, he will immediately shiver and say, I know what to do. I want God to speak to them in their dreams, every one of them, amen, to do what is right. Can we pray for that? Lift your hands up to the Lord. If my people who are called by my name, this is an abomination. We love homosexuals. We love them. But God doesn't allow this for mankind. He didn't create this for us. Father, we pray for the, for the Supreme Court justices, Lord God, that you will speak to them. Speak to them in your heart and in your dreams to make the right decisions. Yes, we believe homosexuals, they have the right to live just as everyone has the right to be married. But this is not what you have ordained. Not a marriage between a, a man and a man. Not Adam and Steve. But Adam and Eve. That's what we believe. Therefore, Lord, we ask that you will speak to your heart, that they will do what is right and keep what is right. Your statutes, in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. You are dismissed. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.